What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. I'm Justin Michael. It is Thursday, June 22nd. It is the day of the NBA draft. And with that in mind, we're going to talk a little hoops. We're going to be focusing on the college side. This is the DNVR Rams podcast, after all. But I caught up with Steve Ivey, a.k.a. Swolecracker, on Twitter. One of the best basketball minds that I know. He has followed CSU for years, and he's really close to the team. He had an opportunity to go to practice today. He's been around the, the team at some community events, so I just kind of wanted to pick his brain on the offseason, the state of the team, his expectations, all of that. We went into the culture under Nico Medved, Isaiah Stevens' legacy, the benefit of Rashad Memba playing against grown men over in Austria, and how that's going to help him deal with the the physicality of the college game. He should have no issues there. It was just a really enjoyable conversation, and I think you guys are going to dig it. But briefly, before we get to that, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses is going to be backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they're going to have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to talk to you guys about Saturday Neon. It was a company started by two friends and former college roommates. They make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're a Denver-based company, and whether you're a diehard fan or just a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these signs pop. Saturday Neon signs are made with high-quality materials and are backed by a two-year warranty. They're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. Great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, bar areas, you name it. Maybe you missed out on Father's Day. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order. Free shipping for orders over $200. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast, we've got a special guest today. One of my best friends on the CSU beat, Steve Ivey, a.k.a. Swolecracker. You can find him on the Ram Nation podcast. You can find him on uh, Crackers College Hoops on WordPress. He does a lot of great blog posts about CSU. How's your summer going, though, man? How's how's Mookie doing? I guess that's that's the important question. How's Mookie doing? <laughs> summer going well. Mookie is actually sitting right here with me. Shocking that he's not barking because he likes to bark whenever I do anything on the uh, uh, in terms of podcast. But uh, <laughs> it's been a pretty pretty mellow summer. Nothing major planned, other than a small vacation to uh, Las Vegas later in uh, later in the summer. My wife is a big Kelly Clarkson fan, so we're going to go see. Kelly Clarkson. And then the following night, I'm going to go see my beloved uh, Premier League team, Manchester United, play uh, Borussia Dortmund in Las Vegas in a preseason matchup. So that's that's it. But other than that, summer's been going great. How about you? I'm doing good, man. That sounds epic, by the way. I, I'd go see Kelly Clarkson, see her rock behind those hazel eyes or something. You know, she's, she's got some jams. 
<laughs> I, I still remember her from the early days, the very first year of American Idol. You were probably That's about right. four years she old. She was then. on. She was like the first, wasn't she? Her and Carrie Underwood were both. She won. Big from she that. won. Kelly Clarkson was the first American Idol, and I can still remember. I tell people this story. I was cooking dinner one night, and I heard her singing, and I had to come out and watch it because she was really, really good. And I, I, you know, she's built herself into a great career. So that'll be fun. My wife, like I said, just loves her and I'm, I'm good with her, but I'm not big, that big on music <laughs> these days, but I'm big enough that I'll enjoy it. Well, you gotta be a team player. That's, that's part of being a good <laughs> husband. You know, I'm these days I find myself avoiding any and all situations where there are crowds. So I get it. If, <laughs> if I can avoid it, I probably will. But the, uh, the reason it's good I to hear to you were good to hear you weren't at Red Rocks last night. <laughs> oh God, man! Yeah, scary stuff. If if you're listening on this, hopefully you weren't there either. Um, yeah, that's I always hate stuff like this because now we get the hot takes that are going to come out and everybody's all pissed off and it's just what weather is weather. It happens, guys. Sometimes it's crazy. Um, but I wanted to get Steve on the podcast today because he has had the benefit of being around the team a decent amount this summer. I, I know you went to the top golf event. You got to go to practice. So you've gotten to meet some of these new guys. You've gotten to see them in action. Just first things first, like how does your gut feel right now? I guess going into the summer, it's, it's June. We don't want to get too carried away here, but how do you feel about the state of the team and just the moves they made this off season? You know, I, I was excited when I saw what they were doing in the portal, Justin. I think uh, anybody who's followed basketball knows that uh, guys like Neat Clifford coming from CU, Javante uh, Johnson coming from uh, from uh, New Mexico, and then Joel Scott coming from uh, Black Hill State. Those three guys um, was excited uh, to, to hear that they were coming and then uh, getting a chance to meet them a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, seeing them practice, uh, it's it's exciting because, you know, the, those of us who followed the team last year, um, it was a disappointing year. We know Definitely. that. Um, and uh, injuries had played a large part in that. But the other issue was they severely missed uh, uh, the, the presence of a David Roddy, lost a couple other guys, and uh, they lost a little bit of the athleticism. They lost a little bit of the physicality and they, they took a step back and then piled the injuries on top of it. And lo and behold, they weren't a very good team. And so these new guys coming in, um, it becomes obvious that uh, there's a significant leap in terms of uh, just size, um, speed and uh, and overall athleticism. Not a criticism of guys like uh like John Tanjay, but John was 6'5", Nick Clifford is closer to 6'7". Um, little things like that. Um, we had, uh, you know, guys playing uh, at the power forward position that were small last year, like John. Now you have a Joel Scott who's going to be, you know, a 6'7", 225-pound guy. He's, he's built. And so, uh, like I said, more physical, uh, more athletic, and uh, and they'll be faster as well. Are you concerned at all that they don't have maybe like a true five? I know Cartier can play the five. He's going to have to progress, but they don't have like a traditional seven footer in a sense. It's more relying on the general athleticism and length of the roster one through five. That doesn't bug me at all. But where are you at just in terms of the, the post presence? 
I, I think they'll be improved. I mean, obviously, Pat um, Pat is more of a, you know, playing a five because Nico relies on a five that can shoot from the perimeter. He likes to have five different five guys on the floor that can shoot threes. Um, he's maybe a little undersized, maybe more the body of a four. But uh, you've got uh, rising sophomore uh, Kyle Evans back this year at 6'10", and he's put on some weight. He's stronger. He showed bursts last year um, when he played. Uh, that he was forced to play because of uh, because of the injury to, to Jake Jennison, and uh, and so he looks improved. And then uh, on top of that, they've got another one that looks like he'll get work at the five uh, freshman uh, Rashawn uh, Mabemba, and uh, and he's uh, he's six seven six eight and goes about two fifty. Big kid and. Uh, Quite frankly, after three days, he's been in practice for three days, and I was shocked at how good he looked. I didn't think he'd be anywhere near as polished as he is. So I think they'll be improved at the uh, improved at the five position. I'm glad you brought up uh, Rashad because I think he's kind of the X factor potentially for this roster that nobody's really focusing on. It's easy to talk about the transfers. There's a lot of excitement for Kyan Evans, obviously coming out of Missouri. I'm not sure how much he's going to play as a true freshman, but it makes sense that there's a lot of excitement for those guys just because they have visibility. We've seen some of these guys play Memba coming over from Austria. It's a little bit of an unknown, but much like, you know, Victor Wembenyama, I think he's going to benefit what coming in, having already played against grown men, he's played within the structure. He's played against pros and the physicality of college basketball is not going to be an issue for him at all. Yeah, that for sure. Um, he's a big kid. And uh, one of the comments I made to a couple of the coaches and players after seeing the practice today was he sets big screens. Um, and I thought one of the weaknesses of the team last year was uh, they didn't set very big screens, hard to free up players uh, offensively, uh, had to do a lot of work, probably put Isaiah on the ball and scoring way too much. Uh, this team relies on guys setting big screens on the perimeter and opening up either wide open threes or uh, penetration all the way to the basket. And so it was it was fun watching him play. I mean, here's a guy. This is not a simple offense that CSU has. Not at um, all. There's a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on a five who can uh, who has the timing. Um, uh, in terms of catching the ball, making passes, setting the right screens, moving, uh, when to move to the basket. There's a whole variety of things. And with three days of, uh, of practice, he showed some ability. I mean, you don't see kids coming right off the street as a freshman being able to do that. And uh, he, he'll be a force. There's no doubt about it. He'll make a he'll make a difference. I asked uh, I asked uh, one of the assistants if he thinks he'll play. He said, yeah, he'll play this year. He's he's already there. So. I am interested to see how they kind of manage the minutes of this group because much one of the things that I credited San Diego State so much for last year was that it's almost hard when you have 10 legitimate guys that could play roles bigger than they're currently playing to manage the ego, the, you know, the expectation of everybody. Fortunately at CSU having somebody like Isaiah it, it helps I think just collectively keeping the temperament of the locker room well. But it's going to be interesting to see how Medved manages this because you've got a lot of guys that are going to contend for playing time in the front court. You've got a lot of guys that can push for minutes at the two, the three, the four. How this all shakes out is going to be interesting and how some of these players handle it. Maybe the guys that end up being the odd man out. I'm, I'm very interested to see kind of what that dynamic's like. 
Yeah, I, Justin, I think that's the, uh, that's just a great point. Um, and after watching uh, the practice today, you've got a legitimate roster full of 10 guys that can play. Um, it's hard to find time for 10 guys. And you do the math, it's 20 minutes a player. you got an Isaiah Stevens that's used to playing 35 minutes a game, and then that 20 minutes becomes more like 17 minutes. Um, you've got guys, you know, uh, Cartier, who started last year, Jalen Lake, who started, and he played 30 minutes a lot of games when he was healthy. You've got guys like Nick Clifford coming in from CU who played 25 to 30 minutes. You've got Javante <laughs> Uh, from New Mexico, who played 25 to 30 minutes, um, they aren't going to get 25. To, and, and we, I don't even want to. You got Josiah Strong back, who sat out last year. Yeah, he's like another he recruit to, almost. He played 30 minutes the year before at Illinois State. So you got a lot of guys that have played a lot of minutes, and uh, and they're used to they're used to starters minutes. And so it is going to be it is going to be tricky. But you know, one of the things that that if they if they do it right, and this coaching staff is really good at it, uh, the minutes will be earned. The minutes will be shared by those that that earn the minutes, and they will play hard to earn those minutes. And one thing's for sure: practices. Um, I, I saw one today, and I heard from uh, I can't remember if it was Nico or somebody else told me practices have been very competitive, and he's very excited about that. So um, it's a, it's a good sign. Um, and if you watch the if you watch the encouragement, you watch the uh, how how people respond in practice. There's a lot of high fives. And I, you know, you watch the the high fives to the the guys that are probably not even in contention for very many minutes at all, but everybody is very supportive of them too. And so you'll see a walk on nail a three and everybody will go crazy. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. So they're very much a team together uh, uh, kind of organization. And that, that's exciting to me, but you're absolutely right. It's going to be a challenge. How unique is that? Just you've been a college basketball fan for a long time. You've been around a lot of teams this family atmosphere that Nico has, I mean, they just, they bring CJ Rivers back to the staff, a guy who, you know, Medved and Ali, they didn't recruit him out of high school, but they, they won him over at Drake. He follows him over to Fort Collins. He starts his coaching career. Now he's back. Like to me, it speaks a lot to the, the family culture that this group has when you see stuff like that. But I, I don't think people really understand just like how rare that, that genuinely is. So uh, absolutely, you know, it was great to see CJ and say hi to him. It seemed like he had gone uh, three years. He's only been gone two years. Uh, he spent two years at Drake, and and he's back, and he is very very excited to be back. You know, one of the uh, getting the the coaching staff here. That's that's very much. I mean, it's all set by by the head coach by Nico. Um, who is very much uh, a leader and organizer, very much a team builder, um, not just with coaches, with players, but with fans, with boosters, you name it. That's who he is. And so he's the one setting the tone. And you get you get a guy like C.J. Rivers back. You get a guy here like Tim Shelton um, as an assistant coach. Um, about two weeks ago, I, I ran into Nico. And uh, he told me that uh, he was there were some things going on. There'd be a change in the coaching staff. And uh, and he said, I, I'm going to bring somebody in who I think is going to be a home run. And uh, Tim Shelton qualifies as that. Uh, he's very much a home run uh, coached at Oregon State before that a few years at Fresno State. 
came out of the San Diego State program, very linked into California, and will add a significant amount of recruiting to California, a significant amount in terms of his background at San Diego State and Fresno State in terms of coaching on the defense. And uh, and so you see a lot of that, too, where you've got a staff now. Nico can attract and build a staff that uh, that is uh, just what I categorize is very much in tune with that whole team together thing. And Tim is truly excited uh, to be here. He is so happy and he's really looking forward to working with this program. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. He obviously had a successful playing career with the Aztecs too, uh, all Mountain West, all defensive team, his senior year. I personally, and this, I'm not taking any shots at any of the coaches that are no longer on the staff that are still on the staff. But to me, it, it feels like, since Dave Thorson left, they haven't seen the uh, the bigs elevated quite as much. And, and I think just having another guy who can come in and work with these guys in the paint, especially on the defensive side, rebounding, we're going to see the benefit there. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, the, I, I got to tell you a funny story. I, I, I introduced myself to Tim um, and uh, I said, you know, I'm probably the only person living in Fort Collins who saw you play the game where you scored the most points in your college career. And he looked at me and said, did I do that at Arizona? I said, no, you did it over in Greeley. They came and played at uh, at UNC when he was a freshman. And before he blew his knee out, he was an absolute stud. He's a he's a six seven, two hundred and forty pound guy who could who could who could beast it inside, who could go out and shoot on the perimeter, and great defender. Um, and so he adds a lot in terms of the the coaching of the big men. Uh, and uh, and I you know I I think in terms of uh, guys like uh, Mabemba, I think that's he's going to be. He, they're almost the same build, um, you know, almost the same, and they look to be very much. A, a similar kind of player. He'll, uh, Tim will add uh, a heck of a lot in terms of uh, that level of coaching. Um, before I, I before I go any further, in terms of you know the staff and the team together, uh, we have a new director of basketball operations as well, um, and her name escapes me unfortunately right now. She came from Texas Tech. She was the D, uh, she was a, the DBO at Texas Tech for the last eight years. She spent her entire life uh, in uh, in Lubbock. Went to Texas Tech. Worked for Tubby Smith. Worked for Chris Beard, worked for um, uh, uh, what's his name, Adams, uh, Mark Adams, Mark the last Adams, two yeah. years, and uh, she decided she didn't want to. Uh, she didn't want to um, deal with the, the new head coach. She just wanted to change, and she had an opportunity to go to UNLV, and she chose to come to Nico's staff over going to uh, Kevin Kruger's staff in UNLV. She had a relationship with an assistant coach who had come from Texas Tech, who's working at UNLV. And she's wonderful as well. So we've got this uh, the staff uh, that all kinds of unbelievable experience. And that shows, I think, the, uh, the power and strength of what's going on with uh, what Nico's built here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to to have a guy like Shelton resign from Oregon State, it's not like he was on the open market, needed a job. He had a job on a power five team for him to want to walk away from that, to join, you know, this Mountain West team and to have a, a director of basketball operations. And I'll uh, talk about her name. I'll have to edit it in or something, or we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, but 
to, to have her come over from Texas Tech, man, that that just speaks to what has been building under Medved. And I know that the NCAA tournament wins have not been there yet. They unfortunately have not won a conference championship despite twice tying the program's record for best finish in the Mountain West. But like it's right there. And I it just feels like they're on the verge of building something special. And well, they've built something special, but they're on the verge of really achieving something special. And I'm so happy for Roddy, but there will always be a part of me that's just like, man, if they if we could have just saw that group get one more season together. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we're in the process. I can tell you this year is going to be really interesting. There's the old uh, the old expression, get older, get better. This is going to be a very veteran team. You've got six-year players. Uh, Josiah Strong is in his sixth year. Pat Cartier in his sixth year. You've got fifth-year guys like Isaiah Stevens and Joel Scott. You've got uh, the core of the team, you know, guys like Nick Clifford and uh, Javante Johnson and uh, – uh, they're, they're fourth year players. Um, and so you've got uh, basically, um, a roster full of guys where the, the youngest, you know, Jalen Lake is in his third year, he'll get minutes, but he's the youngest of all of them. I and mean, you've got a team that's going to be older, stronger, more athletic, better. And I can tell you that, you know, based on what I've seen, you know, that you got a couple of, uh, uh, we've got Tavy Jackson back for his second year. I'm not sure how much he'll play this year. He'll play some. Um, but the freshman, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to downplay uh Kyan Evans. Um, I think he might be, he's not undersized, he's just built like a freshman guard, um, a little light. Um, I it'll probably affect his ability to uh to play much this year, but I'll tell you what, he's got great instincts for a young player and he can shoot. <laughs> I saw him making threes, but more importantly, he has really good basketball instincts. And so you've got not just this get older, get better transfers, but you've got some guys that are going to be here for the next few years. And, uh, and they are building a bigger, stronger, better, more deep uh, program. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch what's going on. All right, I'll get right back to that interview with Steve. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Finally, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's spring and baseball season. Get hooked up with a new Aloha shirt. Maybe you want a straw hat to keep the sun off you. Uh, Polo, be looking sharp. Bags, whatever you need for a game, they've got it. They've hooked up uh, DNVR with all kinds of set decorations. So we know firsthand just how rad they are and how great their products are. Foco always has our back for Colorado sports. They're going to have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description for all non-presale items. Use the code at DNVR for 10% off your order. I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but just before I let you go, I wanted to briefly touch on Isaiah Stevens' legacy. And this is something you wrote about a couple weeks ago. Um, great piece. Go check that out again. Crackers College Hoops on WordPress. Um, 
statistically speaking, obviously, he's going to be one or two in basically every major category for, for CSU. He's already got the record for assists, closing in on points. He's going to have a chance to break a bunch of conference records as well. Where is he at, though, in terms of the like greatest player of all time conversation? Because I think it probably comes down to him, Pat Durham, and, and Bill Green. Yeah, um, you I could think probably throw out the... Roddy and Jay Smooth too, but just yeah. with their legacy, like where does he sit in that list for you? You know, I this is this is where it gets tough because you go into the if, if the LeBron Michael Jordan debate, different generations. Um, Isaiah is the most important player of his generation. Pat Durham was the previous generation, most important player. The previous generation before that, it was Bill Green. And I always have a hard time comparing people across generations. I just think that's really, really difficult because they all were so good uh, at the time they were playing that, you know, how how do you respond 50 years later? But I will tell you this. I think the world of Isaiah, he's right. He is rewriting all the records at CSU um, and uh, and in the Mountain West. And it's hard to it's hard to argue that, you know, if you want to talk about guards and point guards, he's going to go down as having the best career of any guard in the history of the Mountain West when he leaves after his fifth year. That's no doubt about it. And that for me, that's enough, whether he's the best at CSU. Um, he's going to be the best point guard to ever play at CSU, and he's going to be the best point guard, have the best point guard career of anybody to play in the Mountain West when all is said and done. And it, what an incredible, what an incredible kid. Do you think he can still make the NBA? Obviously, I worry about, yeah, time, but. I worry about that. I, you know, I, Justin, I think the only thing that holds him back, um, I think he needs to be a little bigger and stronger. He's not going to grow. Um, he needs to be a little more physical on the floor. Um, and I think it hurts him defensively, not offensively. I think he can be pushed pushed around a little bit. He's got to get into people's grill a little stronger. Um, and um, there are guys in the NBA who are six feet tall that weigh 200 pounds, and they knock people around. And he's not a guy that's going to knock people around. He's a little more of a finesse player. And I think it's his defense that probably holds him back a little bit. Is he good enough? He has the offensive skills. He has the leadership skills. He's got the brain to run a team. Um, but I think he's. I think it's the defense where the, the defensive side of the floor where he's going to have to show significant improvement this year uh, to be able to to really take that next step. And whether it happens, I don't know. There are guys playing in the NBA, and I just kind of shake my head and go, "How's that guy survive? And how does that guy get as many minutes as he does?" Oh, totally. Because they play. They play the game the right way um, and they're physical and they knock people around and they don't take no for an answer. And, you know, I think if Isaiah gets a shot, you know, if he gets a shot, he's got a chance. Yeah. He's got the mindset, obviously, just in terms of he's the savviest guard that I've ever seen consistently, probably at any level. I mean, like I, I loved Chauncey Billups on the Nuggets, but that wasn't even Detroit Chauncey. Um, at CSU, I don't even think it's a question. I can't think of anybody in the Mountain West that would have come close just in terms of the way he not only makes the te- like he's not only a threat to score, he makes everybody on the floor better. And that's why I'm so excited to see, you know, Javante Johnson and Neat Clifford with them because I don't think those guys have ever gotten an opportunity to play with somebody that's going to create looks for them the way Isaiah does. 
Yeah, I, uh, along those lines, just a simple play that happened in practice. And I didn't get a chance to talk to Javante, to Javante about it, but um, Isaiah, uh, you know, they're running, they're running uh, five-man offense and, uh, and Isaiah gets the ball on uh, one wing and makes one little move and fires a complete cross-court, you know, 40-foot, 50-foot pass to Javante in the opposite corner. And Javante nails a wide open three. And if I had talked to Javante after practice, I would probably smile and say, do you think you would have, have you ever gotten a pass like that from Jalen House? And <laughs> I know what the answer I know what the answer would have been. I'm not trying to criticize House. House is a different kind of player. It's just different styles. Isaiah, but... Isaiah is a pass-first point guard, and he sees those passes, and a lot of guys don't see it. And that's that's his greatest strength. And so, you know, it, it and and the thing about that uh, that I like is it be, his passing becomes contagious with the other guys. Um, and so the other guys become better passers as well. And one of the, the things that was fun when I talked to Nick Clifford a couple of weeks ago was, you know, he said, I wasn't really featured much in the CU offense. We had a, a point guard who was very ball centric, who wanted to shoot first. Uh, and if we weren't running things with him, we were running to our Tristan De Silva, their foreman. Um, he said, you know, one of the things that I think I do really well is I think I pass the ball really well. And I didn't get a chance to show that at CU. And I thought that was kind of extraordinary that he's looking forward to playing on this team and 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 showing off his not just not his scoring ability. It's his passing skills he wants to show off. So that was that was that was really, really um encouraging but getting back to isaiah you know he's destined to be a coach i mean ultimately i think we all know that he's going to be um, a coach i hope i live long enough to see him head coach be a head coach at a p5 he will be a top coach someday um and uh it may be he may be a young one he may be an older one but he's gonna that's where he's headed someday and he will be his his brain works way better than a lot of other people it shows when he plays it shows when he's helping to coach guys when they're in on little breaks. He'll he'll talk to people, grab them, and tell them little things. And uh, he is an incredible, not just an incredible player, but an incredible mind. Well, Steve, man, it's it's great catching up with you as always. I can't wait for fall to be here. We've got exciting stuff happening with football, but man, there's just something about basketball season that that always gets me going. And I always love talking hoops with you. I respect your opinion honestly more than anybody in the mountain west like it's you and jeff grammar for me so i appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh i'm really looking forward to being around you more this hoop season what would you say if i told you i'd be the greatest mc that there ever was you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one and what would you say if I told you a nobody then the rock and for a sold out crowd damn that shit is crazy you probably never make it when you listening to that right now I said we on now